One Sun, Three Flowers is a one-stop shop for the entire family. Our mother-daughter clothing brand promotes self-care, unity, and wellness for the entire tribe through apparel. We created the One Sun, Three Flowers shop a few years ago when we challenged ourselves to create clothing that promoted self-care, self-love, and wellness and help you connect to your highest self and your tribe. Head to the onesun3flowers.com shop and save 20% when you use the code PODCAST2020. That's O-N-E-S-U-N, the number three, flowers.com and save when you use the code. Enjoy Flower Tribe. Looking for a tutor? Look no further. Tutor Me Courtney offers in-person, virtual, and traveling tutoring services for K-12 students. Need ELA help? Homework completion? Literacy support? No problem. Book a session today at calendly.com slash tutormecourtney. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com backwards slash tutor me Courtney to get started on your child's educational success today. Hey Flower Tribe. Hey Flower Tribe. Hey Flower Tribe. Welcome to our One Sun, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mothers, a wellness and self-care podcast designated to uplifting the voices of women of color. Author, self-love activist, educator, mother, and poet, Courtney Brookins will help you bloom into your best self and encourage you to make self-care part of your daily practice. Join the tribe as we embark on a journey of healing, mothering, womanhood, and collectivism through the ancestral practice of storytelling. Whether you're looking for an infinity space, sisterhood, or mommy tribe, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, mother, and self-care enthusiast, Courtney Brookins. Welcome to another episode of the One Sun, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mothers. Today I have joining with me a very special guest, Kelly Martin. Kelly, say hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you on here. We're about to be talking about all the joys of the mother, mothering middle school life, right? Oh, the joys. Is that what we're calling it? Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Kelly, before we jump into that conversation, why don't we take a moment for you to introduce yourself and let people know who we have on the line? Awesome. Um, I'm Kelly Martin. I am the mother of Jocelyn Whitney Martin Richardson, who is a 12-year-old. Um, I work as a contract specialist for Wesley Financial Group, and I am completing my master's degree in organizational leadership from Lipscomb University and starting my doctorate in business administration in May. So I'm, I'm just a, a busy, busy little student mama human here. So... <laughs> 
that's, got that's bomb on the line. <laughs> yeah. Is that oh that's oh so we're going with super enjoy. These are the <laughs> these are the words we're using today. Got it. <laughs> it doesn't always feel super. I will I will be forthcoming about that. It it does not always feel super, but it's necessary. So Yeah. I, I, I appreciate your honesty, Kelly, because let's just go ahead and jump in. I I like that you're calling a spade a spade because you're right. You know, this whole mothering thing has definitely its highs and its low points. And so I think that while it's great for us to be in a positive space and be able to really like center our attention around the wonderful things, we also do need to call some attention to the things that are not so wonderful so that as mothers, we know we're not alone. And I I think that that's the the biggest part about it. we come from a generation of mothering where certain things aren't talked about and that it's, we've kind of been taught to feel like, well, you just do it. You know, that's, that's a part of the package. That's a part of the deal. You don't get to complain. You don't get to have a bad day about it. You don't get to acknowledge um, often the space that you're in and it's hard. You know, sometimes you don't, you may not always have the support that you need or, um, the time to yourself and when you don't acknowledge that, I think it wears you down a bit more. All right. So a, a commitment that I made to myself being a single mom um, or a, in a, in a co-parenting situation or co-parenting partnership, um, I acknowledge where I am. Right. <laughs> I acknowledge where I am when I have those moments of, you know, this is, this is rough or I don't know what to do. Um, I acknowledge where I am in that moment and we move on. Um, I lean a lot on my mom squad because sometimes other people have been there or, you know, another mother has an idea of this is what you could try, you know, using your mom squad and having that support um, can get can get you through some of those some of those rough moments. Yeah. Mom squads are so important. I love that you tap into those, you know, resources for you because, yeah, they're affirming and then they're also like a safe space, a, a mm-hmm. space of empathy, a space of just understanding. You know, sometimes you can share emotions and with other people, but people don't, don't don't always get it. So being able to tap into your tribe is like really, really important. It is. I think it's necessary um, because you do need that support. You, I don't. I don't believe that anyone is created to do things alone. Like you're not supposed to walk through this life journey by yourself. You're supposed to um, take people along with you. You're supposed to use other people. You're supposed to tap into resources. And if if you're trying to maximize um, your experience here in life and, and your purpose, what you're trying to do, I think is necessary to do that with other people and having that mom squad support, especially because I'm the sole disciplinarian. I'm the, you know, I'm the custodial parent. So I'm the doctor, the teacher, the therapist, you know, the chef, the the butler, the maid, the chauffeur. <laughs> All of that, right? You And you are, and you really are. And sometimes it, it just, it can kind of weigh on you. So people who've been there before can give you ideas on how to, maneuver through that sometimes so it's definitely important to tap into your tribe yeah I like that you reference just like the idea of people who have been there before because I think that 
Um, we came on here to talk about like being a middle school mom. And I think that what has been interesting for me is having a preteen is re the realization that there's been kind of like a transition that has happened for over the last almost 12 years mm -hmm. and like my mothering experience, because I remember, oh, when the girls were young or specifically my oldest was young, it's like, oh, I have a newborn. Now I have a toddler. And each different time there's been like this transitional period um, and now that we're in middle school and now that we're preteen and having all that mm. <laughs> super fun that mm. I know for me, there's just been like this huge evolution and shift for me with my ideas of parenting and even my relationship with my daughter. And I'm just wondering, have you experienced those same things? And if so, how? Um, I, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those phases in in her life, you know, where it was like, okay, she's dependent on me for this. I have to teach her how to tie her shoes. I have to teach her how to properly brush her teeth, how to make sure she's properly wiped her bottom. I have to make sure, you know, she's done her homework. And um, those younger years, it was more of creating routine for her. Right. So that she would be self-sufficient. So she would be able to be the independent young lady that she's becoming. It, it The foundation of that was routine for us. So that was um, my focus. But we also, I, I've seen the shift from that into more of listening to her, what she's saying and what she's not saying. Mm -hmm. Um, and making sure like since Jocelyn was two, we've always done affirmations. Um, every morning we pray together, we go over what her rules are and we would speak affirmations. Um, and her affirmations have changed when she was younger, they were different. Um, and, and I think we kept them the same for quite some time. And last year as she entered fifth grade, I said, you know, Jossie, I think we need to kind of look at some other things because she started questioning her beauty and mm -hmm. her height. You know, I'm almost yeah. 5'10", so, and her dad is uh, about six feet or so. So Jocelyn's my height, and she's mm -hmm. 12. So she's bigger than the other kids, and, you know, she needed to know it was okay for her to be who she is and that she's unique and in her uniqueness that's not a bad thing and just making sure that we're focusing on um embracing who she those changes in life happened our affirmations began to change also um this period in her life she's learning who she wants to be mm -hmm. um when she turned the day before she turned 12 you know she had this whole this whole breakdown um talking about when she was a child uh -huh. and her childhood and she expressed gratitude for and, and let me pause just really quick the kid is amazing she is a great little girl right. um I, I think that I probably have it easier than some um uh -huh. and even in her not being a problem child or a bad kid it doesn't exclude me from the experience of her developing into this teenager. Right. We still have those growing pains. They just look different because she's not a problem child. And, you know, I've shielded her from certain traumas. So her experience has been different. 
So my experience is different and understanding that some other mothers might have a little, they might have some other difficulties. These, these growing pains may translate into something else. And you're wondering about, you know, your child's behavior and just not understanding that that's, it's the manifestation of her becoming or him becoming this middle school kid where they are learning. Absolutely. They're learning who they, who they're going to be. Um, right when Jocelyn had this breakdown about turning 12 and she said, mommy, before you know it, I'm going to have to pay bills and move out and go to college. And I'm like, slow down. You know, (laughs) you're turning 12, not 18. We still have six more years. And she looked at me and she said, mommy, do you realize how fast the last six years flew? That took me aback. Like, wait a minute, my kid is growing up. Right. I kind of slept on that. So the morning of her birthday, when I was taking her to school and uh, we, we were talking and I told her, you know, this year of your life, I want you to kind of focus on who you want to be. This is the, the phase. This is a period in your life where you're going to determine the type of teenager you're going to be. And then when you actually become a teenager, it's going to kind of translate into the type of adult you want to be, the type of young adult you want to be. And it's it, every phase that you go through, you're supposed to build on. So you have to determine what type of teenager you want to be. Like, what type of person mm, are you going to be? Yeah. And we, we just, we kind of dialed in on that for a little bit and her talking about, like, what the other kids were doing at school and the little girls who had boyfriends and mm-hmm. the little boys who picked at her. And, you know, we, we kind of just sift through all of that. And right. and that's the part that's hard. Yeah. No, it definitely is hard because I feel, you know, from being in the exact same seat as you, uh, as far as just schooling um, and our daughters being the same age, elementary was just a lot more simple as far as like interaction with classmates mm-hmm. and recognition of, who they were and what they like. And, you know, it's an interesting task because I think middle school really is a reminder that no matter what you're doing and what you're feeding, you talked about your praying and, and giving affirmations to her since two. But it, for me, you know, doing similar things, I'm like, I'm really understanding now being a middle school mom that I'm not the only influence. And right. so no matter how much I try, no matter how much I um, pour in, um, there are going to be outside factors that are influencing her. And then also, like you said, it's really her own self-determination about like, well, who am I? What do I stand for? What do I believe in? And mm-hmm. really walking that out. Cause I, I can only, raise you but I can't walk it out for you You, yeah you can only take her so far you can go with her as far as you can and I think that our time the reason we opted not to ride the school bus in the mornings was because as a working mom of a middle school kid I need that time with her to talk in the morning Mm -hmm. I need that time to kind of help her get centered get her mind right discuss things with her because once she hits those doors I'm not there. Right. Once she hits those doors and, and, you know, her, her friends are there, the people who aren't her friends um, Mm -hmm. and, and the boys and all that, they're there. And that's Mm -hmm. when she gets to like, that's where I I don't want there to be such 
a vast difference between who she is when she's in the car to who she becomes when she walks through those doors. I need there to be some some resemblance (laughs) between the the two need to be recognizable uh, to each other. And and that is important to me. So we take that time in the morning and we do the affirmations because I can tell her all day long that she's bold, brilliant, beautiful, capable and able to do all things. And I we can speak those things every day. But when she hits those doors, it's only going to take one little girl to tell her she's not pretty or one little boy to call her stupid or what, you know, it, it takes one person to kind of just wreck everything that we've been telling them all this time. So one, I think it's important for her to tell herself. So she knows even in the morning, you know, like this is who I am. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's okay if you don't believe it and it's okay if you don't see it. And even though you tell me that and it hurt my feelings, I still know. So I have to hope that it's, her saying it embeds it in her, like it, it it resonates in her so that she's able to carry that with her, even though I'm not there. You say it to yourself. And when you start to doubt it, you repeat those affirmations to yourself. If you need to say it out loud, then you do that. But we can't, we can't shield them from everything. And no, somehow we have to hope yeah. <laughs> that that they got it you know we half the time we're not gonna know if this stuff is right until they're 30 and 40 and you know right. got their own kids this is we, we're doing all of this on a wing and a prayer right which has made me a lot more I share also you know and I think I've said in a previous podcast it's made me a lot more empathetic to like my own mother and my parents oh I apologize like... to my mother all the time <laughs> I last week I called her and I said mommy I'm <laughs> Hey tribe, let's take a moment for an ad. Need a space to advertise your business, book, event, or next great idea? Get in front of a consistent following of dedicated listeners. To learn more about how to advertise with us, email us at onesun3flowers at gmail.com. What I've what I've started doing is when I recognize certain behaviors um, that my daughter does, certain things, certain situations, and can remember when it was me. It, it does lead me to call my mom and just apologize, like, "Hey." <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. And it kind of has given me a deeper appreciation for her and um, how she handled me. And a lot of it, she gave me space, grace and space <laughs> to to kind of find my way through a lot of things. And I, I, I try to remember that and take that on as, as well. So it does give you an appreciation for your, your parents, especially your mom going through those phases. Absolutely, because it's it's like like you started off saying it's not necessarily like the easiest phase. I mean, I certainly you know remember different times in my life, but it's and being in that middle school phase. But I think it's a little different versus like living it versus mm-hmm. being a parent in it. And so for me, like something I find myself regularly discussing is I'm like, oh man. 
Ayana has an opinion about so many things. I'm like, she seems to just know so much about so much all of the sudden. And he, yeah. And and where I seem to know a little bit less than she thought I knew maybe two years ago, you know, because now I guess her opinion seems seem to, uh, she seems to have more life experience than I do. And so, she, and she does. It, it, because her, and, and I don't even know if it's so much that she has more experience. I think that their experience is just so different. And then we get it from this different perspective where, you know, we're on the outside looking in and, you know, attempting to make it make sense or make it comparable to our experience, but it's totally different. You know, we're in a very different day and age. And I tell my daughter all the time, you know, my cousins and friends and I, we used to ride our bikes across town with no issue, no question. We'd ride to the store. We'd ride, you know, to each other's houses and be outside playing all day. And while I bought my daughter a a bike, it was, I gave her limits with it. You can't ride your bike past, you know, down past this street. I need to be able to see you at all times. If Jocelyn were outside the way I was outside at her age, I think I would lose my mind, like the the no, anxiety, sure. right? <laughs> yeah, the anxiety of who, where is she? Is she okay? It's just, it's a different, it's definitely a different day and age. And, you know, now one of the things that I struggle with also is trying to make decisions about how much freedom she has. Right. Um, she wants to go to the skating rink with her friends and she wants to, you know, go to the mall with her friends. And that, that does cause me to have a little, a little bit of anxiety now and then. So that, that's a big thing too, because I used to skate every weekend, you know, my mom or my aunt would drop my cousin and I off at the roller rink and we would skate every weekend no issues, no questions. They didn't stay with us. I don't think she's ever been skating without me. So it's, it's, it's definitely, um, definitely a different age and it's not, it's not easy because we don't, our, our natural instinct is to protect them and to teach them and guide them. So when they start doing things that don't necessarily need our protection, but we think they do. Um, I think that's where a lot of our friction comes in Um, and just learning to trust the person she's becoming. And, you know, it's, it's those growing pains. And that's what I told her that, that we were experiencing a couple, a couple weeks before Christmas break were, were really tough just with her and her friends and the, back and forth middle school drama and because it's just she and I she confides a lot of that stuff in me so Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that wants to say girl forget them you don't have to be friends with them you don't have to talk to them no more I don't want you to talk to them no more they can't come in my house but then I remember how much back and forth in seventh and eighth grade you know my girlfriends and I went through um (laughs) then the I used we used to I'm telling my age we used to print out the banners that we would have our nickname we'd go to the library and print out banners and it would be our names mm-hmm. and you know this is my BFF and we used to keep those it'd be rainbow banners hanging up on the old school printers that took forever <laughs> and you had to fold the paper back and forth 
as it was mm-hmm. coming out. So, and I had mm-hmm. maybe three different ones for seventh grade. Um, and it, it was like, okay, at one period, she was my closest friend. At one period, she was my closest friend. You know, at one period, she was my closest friend. And it was all in the same school year. So I right. just trying to remember that those those phases happen and learning to let go, you know, trusting that she values herself enough to make the best decision for her regarding the people she allows in her space. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I also have kind of wavered with those type of experiences. And I really think that as I talked about with Yanni, you know, not only for me to be able to trust that she'll make the right decisions but I also want her to be able to build that own mm-hmm. self-alliance and to herself that I am someone who can make good decisions and and I am someone who you know ha- can tap into the values and the systems that have already been laid out for me so that there's not only less dependency but also that builds mm-hmm. that relationship with self where she knows she can really believe and trust who she is and what she's capable of so it is definitely like a it's a great it, yeah, definitely. Oh God, sure. definitely a balancing act. Um, there's there's a lot of wine consumption that takes place, just just to kind of like right. mellow out. Like when she starts with the, and I, I shouldn't call it middle school drama, but for for them, it is the end of the world. It's you know, oh my gosh, mommy, this happened today, and it's animated and it's long. (laughs) So we just, we sit and I let her go through, you know, the motions and parts of it. I hope that she says it out, says it out loud. Um, I had posted um, a picture of her because she, she, she kind of stays up under me a little bit uh, again, because it's just she and I, but one of my girlfriends who has a, a daughter that is slightly older than her, made the comment of enjoy it now you know my my daughter doesn't even she said something to the effect of my daughter doesn't even want to be bothered anymore like she comes home and she goes in her room and I you know you hear about those those stages and that phase for them when they transition into their teen years and I think one of the big things for me is making sure that her transitioning into teen into her teen year so forth is um that is smooth not you know not like right easy because I don't expect it to be easy I I would I just I kind of want it to just be smooth for her so you know laying that foundation of being able to to talk and letting her talk laying that foundation of being an active listener to her right I think it, it struck me one day she was telling me something and I, I, it was ridiculous whatever it was it was ridiculous and I guess she could see it on my face and she said <laughs> mommy you're not listening to me yeah and they will call yeah you, oh my and she, said, you're not, and she, <laughs> she didn't say it in a disrespectful way she just said mommy you're not listening to me and I was missing her point right. because the whole situation was just it was so you know just over the top but it's sixth grade seventh grade you know they're they're middle schoolers so it was a big deal to her 
And I, I, I put my laptop aside right. and I turned and I faced her and began to actively listen and to listen with intent, meaning I was listening to hear what she was trying to say. I was listening to hear the words, her verbiage, um, to pay attention to her body language. Is she uncomfortable talking about this? Is it hard? What is she managing um, while she's talking to me? Right. And and just really kind of dialed in with her so she knew that I was present, that I was there, and that she could continue to talk. And I think that we miss that right. sometimes and discount what they're going through because they're kids, they're middle schoolers. So, you know, it, it's middle school, you know, and, and right. we can't do that because yeah. that's, I think that's where the wall is built and, and they shut down. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that we can also remember experiences while I know I can certainly remember experiences where I felt like I wasn't heard. And so you're right. That actually does build up a wall and kind of disconnect you from, you know, your parent or being able to express yourself in your authentic way. And sometimes it's not even, I don't want to hear you. I like that you said you set the laptop to the side and you were like, let me look at you because we mm-hmm. get so caught up being working moms that we're like, I have so many tasks to get done um, for my job and mm-hmm. within the household. And so being able to turn that off and just prioritize them, Kelly, it's just not always the easiest task. So I love that you take time. I have to. I, ha- I have listen. to because I don't want, I never want her to one, feel like she can't talk to me or that I'm not listening and look for an ear in someone else who may not have her best intentions at heart. Um, so if she knows right. that, no, mommy's going to listen to me and whether it's going to cause a, a argument or whether she's going to be mad, then that's okay. But she's going to listen and at least I'm, I'm fair. I'm, I'm very fair. I'm very right. disciplined. I'm very fair. I'm very much your mother and not your friend, but I still respect and value right. your experiences and the things that you go through and the things that you want to talk about as a young person. Um, and I think that that old yeah. school mentality, we really, I feel like have to get out of in the sense that, you know, of saying, girl, you're a child, stay in a child's place. Kids are to be seen and not heard. And you know, we, we were raised here and that stuff all the time. And you, it, it's, it's stifling yeah. and you can raise your child with respect and you can raise your child with um, love and dignity and do those things, teaching them manners, all of that without crushing their spirits or, or minimizing oh. what they're experiencing because they're a child. Right. Absolutely. I love that. And I think that that's great for people who are mm-hmm. currently parenting. I think that's uh, great for people who are considering parenting. And I also think it's great for the older people who listen to this podcast and just you can utilize that as a point of reflection, because I think there's definitely some growth uh, that can happen. Oh, for sure. And my, my mother, I'm the youngest of three girls. My mother figured it out, but I don't think she figured it out until my late teen years where, you know, it, it, we really started bumping heads and it was more of a, okay, let's, let's talk, let's talk, like, let's get it out. So being able to do that, 
and not be bothered with that, you know, to, to being able to do that, excuse me, and, and have not having to be bothered with the misunderstandings and, you know, the, the anxiety of, you know, she's not going to listen to me. Who am I supposed to talk to? What am I supposed to do? You know, it, it, it was a late, it was a late transition, but, but it happened and she and I have a, a great, like an extremely, um, pleasant relationship now um an enjoyable relationship without the tension and without the you know the teenage mess the things that can often cause a wedge in a relationship I think that mother-daughter relationships are so special they are extremely important um and both parents have their roles and their functions with their kids but there is something about the relationship that I have with my mom that is just, and I, with a great relationship with my dad too, you know, my parents have been married for 46 years and I'm pushing 40 in a couple months and I will go to Chicago and crawl in the bed with my mother still, you know, and I want, I want Jocelyn to be able to find the same comfort in me that I find in my mother where whatever's going on in the world, I know I can go crawl in my mama's bed and just exhale and know that it's a safe place. Know that I'm okay, that whatever's going on, everything's going to be all right. And if I need to talk, I can talk. So (laughs) that's the part I think that's, um, that's huge too. The bottom line is pain. I say it all the time. This this all it's not for the faint at heart like if you're trying to do is I know it's plenty of people and it's so easy to get caught up in your uh, day-to-day routines and work and trying to provide especially if you're a single parent it's hard you get caught up in Mm -hmm. in all these things and and you can forget that your responsibility or your obligation I call it the beautiful burden um, of, of raising right. your child to be a functioning part of society, then you know you forget mm-hmm. about those things, and you, you you miss it. You blink and it's over, right. or something like there. There's a part of your child's life that they really needed you to be there for, and you missed it. Um, and and you that missed. that you can't mm-hmm. you, you can't go back. You know, time we don't we don't get yeah. the time to go back. Absolutely so <laughs> being being present and actually um, listening actively, I think that those that's been what I've my biggest lesson in this period of her life, this middle school phase. So help me, God, <laughs> has turned into <laughs> a, a learning a learning experience as far as listening. Yeah, absolutely. I I love everything that you're saying. Um, I do also want to say, though, you know, for people who are approaching like this quote unquote benchmark, there's a lot of all of what we've discussed, but there's also some a lot of positivity because and and tell me if you share this same experience, Kelly, but um, I have found some things to be easier. Like there is now a little oh, bit honey. more freedom. Oh, in honey. What? Yeah. I have to do. That you know independence. I mean? 
you know, I'm not making bowls of cereal and tying shoes and I can leave out the house for a few moments and not have to bring them along. And so some of those little things are absolutely there's there's a freedom (laughs) that comes with their independence. Like I and, and I was fortunate because Jocelyn's always been extremely independent, like she would get herself. She's been getting up by herself and getting herself ready for school since she was like in kindergarten. Uh, she got oh, she got amazing. her a Hello Kitty <laughs> alarm clock, and when Hello Kitty woke her up, honey, she got up. She got up. She got her school clothes oh. to get. Like that was just her. Um, now I get the mm-hmm. phone calls like, "Mommy, do you want me to make dinner? I'll throw some wings in the air fryer." You know, like I I get those calls where it's like, right. "Okay, it's a breath of fresh air that I don't have to come home from work and cook because she she can do this. She can use the air fryer." And then the other great part about it is that she's fun now. Like we can do, like we can yeah. shop together now. And it's not a, I'm picking out yes. her clothes. It's a, she can pick it out and she tries it on or I try some, something on and she's like, oh, mommy, I think this will go better with that. You know, even though we have very different right. styles, her style is appropriate and it's fun. Um, so we get to do those types of things. We have been. Uh, dealing with the boy situation quite a bit lately, um, which yeah. I, it's not necessarily fun, but I think it's created, um, it's added a dynamic to our relationship uh, also where she gets to know mm-hmm. who I am too. Um, so right. I, ha- I have a girlfriend from undergrad and we had taken, this is one of those times she and uh, she has a daughter who's the same age as Jocelyn. And this is one of those times where they wanted to hang out at the mall. So we mm-hmm. let them hang out at the mall. There was another classmate of ours too. We let them hang out at the mall um, and all the kids went off. They all had their cell phones, her, you know, find, find my, not, not find my iPhone. What is it? Well, sharing your location. She shared her location was on, right. you know, it's on indefinitely. Um, but we let them go and walk around and it was a Chili's there. So I said, oh, okay, I'm going to have a cocktail because they're like the little food court area whose restaurants. And um, my girlfriend was like, oh no, I'm not going to have a cocktail. And I said, okay, well, you know, and we were just talking and she revealed that her daughter, she said, my kids don't know me. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she, oh. she's also an educator, and she was just speaking about how, um, you know, she feels like she has to present a certain image to them. And so she said, they don't know such and such from, you know, from Memphis. And I'm like, girl, please, Jocelyn, know her mama. She knows me. <laughs> I need her to know who I am. Because there are going to be certain times in her life where it's a whole lot of Kelly in the universe. And she needs to be able to understand why. She needs to understand those things that she gets from me, those traits. Why, where did they go? Where did this come from? Why, why, is, why do I feel I, yeah. this way? Why did I respond that way? In addition to, I think that it kind of makes us closer um, because I want her to feel free mm-hmm. to be who she is in front of me as well. So it makes, it right. makes a huge difference. So when we start talking about boys and, you know, I don't, I don't allow her to have a boyfriend. 
I still think that she's uh, too young for that. Uh, but she talks about like, well, mommy, I like him. Well, why do you like him? What is it about him? Well, mm-hmm. he's really smart and, you know, he's really nice and, you know, she'll go through the things that she likes and then the things that she doesn't like, you know, she talks about those too, but it's created a dynamic where, you know, she asks questions about her dad and she asks questions about, you know, my relationships and, you know, what, well, what happened with this? And it creates an honest space for us. And a necessary Mm -hmm. space because going back to that like generational thing. Yeah. You know, a lot of these like hidden secrets and lack of transparency from like generations before is what has, I believe caused a lot of the generations to follow to have to do like a lot of soul searching and trying to figure Mm -hmm. out and trying to bridge the gaps. But when we come a little bit more open, as you said, and this is Kelly or this is Courtney and really allowing our children to understand us, it really allows them to understand themselves better. And so I love that you you're doing that for her because I'm totally the same. I'm not at the point of like pretending like, you know, I don't do mm-hmm. certain things or I don't feel certain ways. I even allow myself to to be open about my emotions with the girls. Like I'm what you have done mm-hmm. has frustrated me or it's made me feel sad. Or, you know, I'm I'm a little bit overwhelmed right now because I want them to understand that right. I'm a human too. And so then that humanizes. Exactly. Their and it makes it makes it more real. I also what I, what I found is really big for us right now is I don't hide my failures from her um, mm. because I need her to know that failures will happen. And when they happen, it's not the end of right. the world. It's your stepping stone. You have to keep going. You have to keep mm-hmm. pushing past your failures um, and being open, being open about your feelings and emotions. That's super huge because she then begins to, be able to identify, well, okay, this, this kind of makes mommy feel this way. So I, un- but I understand right. because this kind of makes me feel this way too. Um, and then I don't have a problem mm-hmm. telling her when I'm wrong or when I'm sorry, when I've made a mistake. Um, that's, right. that's big too. She, for for her birthday, when she turned 12, that entire week leading up to it, uh, she did seven days of gratitude and every day she made me a card um, for something else that she was grateful for. And one mm-hmm. of them, she said, I'm glad and I'm happy that you are okay saying that you're sorry. And being able oh, to, because it let, it's okay if you make a mistake. The big thing behind making mm-hmm. your mistake and saying you're sorry is correcting that mistake and correcting the behavior and not repeating the behavior. You know, the, uh, a large, right. a large part of a large amount of adults don't understand that saying you're sorry does not, it, it does not show your remorse. That that's not it. Changing the behavior that you were sorry right. for is what a real apology right. is and what it really means. So I wanting right. her to understand that now, you know, don't just tell me that you're sorry that you forgot to, you know, do the dishes, fix the behavior that caused you to forget to do the dishes. Right. Were you so drawn into what was going on on your phone that 
you didn't hear me tell you or that you forgot to do it because you were, you know, so wrapped up into that. So it, it's just examining right. those things. I love that yeah. oh. I forgot stuff. I just, when you said it was a trigger for me, I'm like, oh, I forgot. I'm like, okay, we're not going to. Exactly. And, and it's, it's those little things like you forgot. Why did you forget? Because you didn't do it exactly when I told you to do it. How come you didn't do it exactly when mm. I told you to do it? What were you doing that kept you from doing what I asked you to do? One of them, I hate repeating myself. Right especially if it's a directive right. I don't want to give you a directive three times I'm going to give it to you once no <laughs> you got one time and that's where I have yeah. that old yeah. school mama. it's necessary it's absolutely necessary <laughs> the old school ways are definitely definitely necessary but it not only does it teach us discipline but it teaches focus do, do what you were asked to right. do if there's an issue a problem right. or something uh, preventing you from doing it at that moment, address it with me. Okay, mommy, I'm going to, to do the dishes. I have to finish this first because this, you know, it, explain, like, I'm still doing my homework. Let me finish this. If that, is that okay, mommy? Is it okay if I finish my homework and then go right. in and do the dishes? And then that way I know to remind her or to know that she's focused on something else because what happens is that that Kelly comes out where if I don't finish what I'm doing and I stop and go do something else, chances are I'm going to forget to go back and finish what I started. Multitasking is a trip trick of the enemy. It does not work. It does not exist. So finishing what you're Mm -hmm. doing is, is really important um, in regards to, to her and providing her that focus um, and it, it now right. when we're doing more with testing and test scores, um, going remembering to go back. So I always tell her on your scratch paper, go ahead and if you have to skip a number, then go back to where you skipped. Uh, you know, write the number down to whatever number it was that you skipped, so you remember to go back to do it because she has some instances where she had forgotten to go back. And and giving routine mm-hmm. like that just in every day, I think that it creates not just good test taking skills or habits, but it also creates um, a habit for life. Finishing, right. finishing what you start right. and understanding the importance of finishing what you started. So we we oh girl we go we get it you know it's the whole the whole testing and school because she cares about academics and we try to give a balance with you know physical activity and being active in the arts and just trying to make her more well-rounded and letting her discover the things that she's into the things that she loves and desires to do and I think that you know one of the most beautiful spaces that I've kind of found myself in most recently is exactly what you're saying is Mm -hmm. providing guidance but understanding from being a mixture of the old school and the new school mom that my job is to provide guidance for the girls but I'm not here to be just a right person of control but I'm here to help you tap into your best self and for you to discover who you are and why God sent you here and so my job is to give you the tools and to follow the framework that has been handed off and to tap into my tribe and to be able to 
work on myself, but I right. can't live your life. I anymore. think that's and probably so, the that that's um, the hardest part that. for me is that understanding that the journey is hers. My job is simply to make sure that she can complete that journey, even if it means doing it without me. My job is to raise her to be able to live without me and to finish her journey. And it's absolutely hers. My, I, I can exactly. want her to do all the things in the world, but if God's placed her here to do something else, then that is it. it it's hard because it's, you have an image of the type of parent you want to be. You have an image of, you know, what you think you want your kid to look like, what you want your kid to be like, what you want them to do when they grow up. And ultimately, it's not your decision. No, this is not your decision. It's their path. It is absolutely mm-hmm. their path and they're resilient. Um, they are, are amazing in their own little ways. They, they are absolute little, they're little people. And we have to remember that we forget that they have their own personalities and, and wit and style. And, you know, we have to allow that to develop being guardian over, over such, such precious, such precious people. Um, (laughs) because they can be little monsters too, you know, and it's, it's like, oh, go. But honoring the inner, the inner child in us or honoring our light and dark side, we have both sides. Yeah. So being able to, again, just of that like I can be sweet as pie but oh, I baby. also have a very strong and feisty side to me too and I'm not doesn't exist like that. that's right exist. that's right <laughs> you are absolutely right because she exists and she shows up she is real she she is there she is me she <laughs> she is me mm-hmm. she is me people have met her they've met both yeah met both Courtney's and so it just <laughs> Yeah, you know, they, they both exist. But um well Kelly, this has been awesome. I'm wondering if before we go, if you have any advice, and it doesn't have to be for middle school moms, but just I like asking my um features to leave us with a little bit of wisdom, a few words of wisdom before we Really go. the I, I've I've mentioned parenting as being a beautiful burden. And I might have mentioned it earlier also, but allow yourself to feel how you feel in the moment um, and talk therapy is amazing. Therapy is amazing. Yes. <laughs> Everybody needs someone to talk to and you may be someone's wife. You may be someone or someone's mother, um, but you're still an individual and you still need to speak to your own individuality. You still need to do things that make you happy, that fulfill your soul, that fulfill, you still have purpose. Being a parent Mm -hmm. is just a piece of the puzzle of your purpose. You still have purpose. And remembering that requires you to care for self also. I know where it's it's trendy now to talk about self-care, but listen, you need those moments. And I'm not talking about spa days and I'm talking about sitting and acknowledging the space that you're in talking to someone mm-hmm. to get those things out because there are certain anxieties and levels of uh, frustration, joy. It's an emotional roller coaster, and having somebody right. to talk to. I am, I'm just, I'm an advocate of therapy. 
uh, for for working mothers, for single mothers, anyone who is charged with another life, um, be it a, mm-hmm. a husband or you, whatever the case is, make sure that you're talking to someone and that you're still loving yourself. And I, this may sound superficial, but my my grandma used to tell me, you don't ever need to look the way you feel unless you feel fabulous. Nothing is worse than looking in the mirror when you already feel bad and you look bad too. Get up, fix your hair, put some makeup on, put on a nice outfit. And it it, it makes you feel just a little bit better to look at yourself. Like if your biggest accomplishment today is getting dressed, high five yourself, girl. Because <laughs> you, you did something. something. So just remembering to focus um, not just on being a mom, but focus on yourself also um, taking care of yourself and, and just doing one thing at a time, allow yourself. That is Jocelyn and I talk all the time about grace and space. Just, just allow Mm -hmm. that grace and space for you to be wherever you are in that moment. Um, So you can acknowledge it, address it, and then move on. Don't stay where you are. We are super women. Even when we don't feel super, we are super women. We've pushed the life out of our bodies. So <laughs> right. that, that in itself, um, when you feel bad, just kind of just trying to remember those things. And also, even if the biggest thing you did, your biggest accomplishment in the day was getting dressed, write it down in a journal. Keep a Keep a little book, just write mm-hmm. it down. So next month when you don't feel like getting dressed you know you've done it before you can go on and flip those pages back and see where I did it this day okay let me get up because I've done it before I can do it again so I love that Kelly thank you so much for saying that and thank you so much for joining me oh thank you for having me I hope it blesses someone the way it blessed me so I told you you just need somebody to talk to getting it out sometimes helps (laughs) absolutely and to the rest of our tribe thank you for tuning in you know that you can find new episodes weekly every wednesday and until next time remember to bloom into your best self bye for now thanks for listening to the one sun three flowers podcast check out show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.onesun3flowers.com if you love the show share it with a friend we want to connect with your tribe thanks for tuning in we'll see you next time and remember to bloom into your best self